0: Welcome to What Happened Next, a podcast about newish books. My name is Nathan Whitlock, and I'm a writer. On this podcast, I speak to other writers about what happens when their new book is no longer new, and it's time to write another one. Before I introduce my guest, I wanted to let you know that I have a book that is not just newish, it's actually brand new. It's a novel called Lump and it's published by the Rare Machines imprint at Dundurn Press. It's my third novel. I've read it and it's good. If you'd rather not take my word for it, the Toronto Star has called Lump one of the must-read, hands-down best books of 2023 so far. You can find out more about Lump at nathanwhitlock.ca. My guest on this episode is Victoria Hetherington. Victoria is an author and professional ghostwriter whose first book was the novel Moon Calves, published by Now or Never in 2019. Victoria's most recent books are Into the Mist, Finding CFJDO, a nonfiction book published by Kestrel Publications in 2022, and Autonomy, published by the Rare Machines imprint of Dundurn Press, there it is again, also in 2022. Author Liz Harmer said about autonomy that, quote, Hetherington's vision is bleak, but their glittering prose gives even the most monstrous realities of late capitalism an unsettling glimmer. Victoria and I talk about her ghostwriting career and why the professional pitch for her services sounds just a little Philip K. Dick-esque, about the difficulty that some sci-fi fans have had with autonomy, and about the complicated reality of literary books being treated as aesthetic class signifiers online. Speaking of the Rare Machines imprint of Dundurn Press, Victoria and I will both be appearing this week alongside three other great Rare Machines authors and our editor, Russell Smith, at the Book Drunkard Festival hosted by Blue Heron Books in Uxbridge, Ontario. That event is happening on Thursday, October 19th, and you can find out more about it at bookdrunkard.com. I came across a quote that you had uh, brought up in an interview where someone from an early writing workshop you did actually the author right working the, the workshop gave you this compliment which was Tori smarter than she looks
1: <laughs> <laughs> which God, I have man. to say
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can see why that's sort of a compliment but I can also imagine you wanting to like like hurl your desk at that workshop (laughs) leader at that point because there's there's a uh, little bit of condescending uh note to that to that quote
1: oh I know it's it's so funny um I was uh I was 20 and it was uh I I went to uh I went to school at and um uh, this was a writer in residence workshop and uh, you had to sort of, you, you had to, um, there was a bit of a selection process. Like I submitted a story and I was so excited to be picked and um, and it was with, um, uh, I'll, I'll use his name because it isn't like, a, it isn't really a bad thing. It was with, with Michael Redhill and he was so generous with his time and so chill and accessible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like we would all go out for lunch and he would treat us, like like adults and um we all hung out at once and and we were kind of you know we, we were I don't know if we should we in or not we we'd all kind of smoke some weed and, ch- and we're chilling and he was like yeah you know Tori you know she only it, 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 he said he said either she's smarter than she looks or or she just plays dumb <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez it gets
1: worse <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like i thought i was like dropping like you know really you know ornate sentences here and there but i i think i think it's because in part i'm really shy and so when people read my writing you know i think that they're used to a certain authorial voice um but like when i'm hanging out with people i and i don't know if this is my upbringing or like you know where i went to school or whatever um but i tend to kind of uh I just I just want to get like as colloquial and chill as possible, you know. Okay. Like, yeah, it's it's just so so. I, I think I think it was just a just a, a a reaction to kind of how um I I come across. But but yeah, okay. So Tori, so um Tori is that's what my friends call me. Um, I you know feel free to call me Tori. Um, Victoria, kind of my author name, my LinkedIn name, um, the name that my you know dad would use when I was in trouble um I uh I respond to Victoria kind of but like if someone says Tori or sorry or whatever I'm like <laughs> you know so Tori yeah you can call
0: me Tori okay uh well see now I'm torn because I I I feel like we're we're speaking as I'm speaking to you as an author I'm addressing you as an author mm-hmm. and uh but I I will use Tori even though okay. I'm I'm no Michael Redhill Um, oh, I also wanted to ask you about, I'm always intrigued by the, the things people include in their authors' bios. Mm. And I was actually saying this on a, on another episode that I sometimes like my eye twitches if I see too many, what I call sort of like bids for like working class authenticity in your bio, where it's like, I was a bartender and I chopped (laughs) down trees and I did this where it's like you're a writer like we all you know we all did we did some jobs however there are a couple of things in your bio that you mentioned that I have to address you mentioned you were a butcher and an artist's model and the latter I can understand the butcher part like how long were you a butcher and how do you actually just sort of like fall into being a butcher isn't that sort of you do apprenticeships and you work in the family business or something
1: yeah. so I mean, um first of all, i t- I think it is so valid um and so, and so interesting, kind of from a class perspective, how um a lot of authors, um some of which I f- I'm sure we kind of know, very much have that kind of like, call for, you know, like, um like, like blue collar signaling a little bit, like, like, I worked for like pennies. And, you know, yeah. I, 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 you know, in, in a, in a misery factory, and then, and then, you know, I had to like two free hours a night to write. And like, actually, I'm not very privileged, I promise. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. you know, it is what it is. And yeah, I had it rougher than you, you know, oppression Olympics. It's it is what it is, right. Uh, and, and, and I'm just realizing as you're saying that, then I'm, I'm kind of one of those people from that bio that I gave to Dunder and which I keep meaning to, to get them to change because, um, I tend to really, I, I want to keep bios really spare because yeah. I, 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 uh, you know, I, I find it kind of like, it'll just be like Victoria, you know, has a B and C book and she lives in Toronto. Um, because I, I think long bios, um, I, I, I find them a little bit it's 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 not that i don't care when when i see someone's you know like three page bio like in 1987 they went to like it's not that i don't care of course i care i care but i don't want to assume that people care about all of my stuff um and so it's the same thing with like at readings you know like there's kind of like a this is my poem and um um so actually my grandmother used to used to sew and like no 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 and like you know th- there's right. like there's like five minutes of preamble it, it's kind of that so I just I, I want to avoid seeming um not frivolous but like yeah so anyway yeah so so the the kind of those signifiers of like so and so was yeah I guess I did kind of do that so so I uh when I was 16 um I got my first job uh, in the St. Lawrence market, uh, for Rowe Farms, which at the time was just this one little, uh, it was, it was run by John Rowe, just fantastic mm-hmm. guy, um, uh, a wonderful business. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I mean, now it's like this huge franchise, right, but, right. um, yeah, but, I, but I was, I was 16 quite a while ago. Um, and, uh, and, and so I was, I, I mean, basically I would, I would go with my parents, um, to uh, to row farms um when i was a kid and and you know we would we would talk with with, with john and um and then when i was 16 he was like hey are you, uh, you can you can you work yet and i was like yes <laughs> and uh and it was as simple as that so i learned how to use like the big um uh that, that machine for cutting meat. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Like the the big whirring blade. Right. Like yeah, I got yeah. like, like a limited amount of training on that. <laughs> um and it was very informal and it was like one of the funnest, it was one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. Like everyone was so nice to me. And um people were, I mean, the market is lovely. And on my lunch break, I'd go around and I'd, you know, I'd I'd, I'd look at um the, the ostrich eggs for sale it was it was just it was just awesome so for yeah so for about two years I um I I was uh butcher staff at Roe oh, amazing yeah. yeah and you still cool. have
0: all your fingers you didn't like lose anything
1: <laughs> I think so yeah yeah I got I got really lucky and, and there were some close calls but um but I was making money you know yeah. it was- oh I'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so I should say I was not uh, uh, calling you out as someone who was doing this sort of blue collar <laughs> signaling in no. your bio at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I knew you were calling me out, but I, I had a, like a mini epiphany when you said that because I was like, oh my gosh, I totally because I, I don't know, like, like you know how it is. Like, um, uh, and and this is kind of relevant to, to the podcast. Um, when you're just beginning the promotion cycle for a book, it's it's so much at once, right? And like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to the interviews, this, that, like so much copy um and uh and 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 that's so wonderful and exciting but uh for me um I uh it's not that it's slapdash but but I, I uh, I'll sometimes you know I, I do a little bit of that writing like a little bit of that autobiographical writing and all that and I'll say oh I, I can just go back and change it it's it's okay for now and then mm-hmm. I just don't and, so anyway yes um yeah there's that, also
0: that. it's also the case that like you know there is there is a obligation to do anything at all to get people to just give your book three more seconds of attention
1: yeah four more
0: seconds of attention and and yeah. it's kind of all's fair and love and promotion it's if you I mean <laughs> I, I will completely cop to the fact that for many many years if not decades in fact it I probably still do I haven't checked I still put the words award-winning in my bio, and it's technically oh, yeah. true because I won a short story award like two decades ago. It's technically true. I'm not <laughs> saying which award, and I did win it, but, you know, I just figure <laughs> it's it gives me that 1.5 seconds of extra attention. They're like, oh, an award winner. Okay. Oh.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that so hard. Oh my yeah. god. maybe oh my I god. It,
0: it it could be one I read when I was nine at the local legion, you know, and and they they voted me the the winner.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Most likely to survive uh, post high school, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most likely to be able to convert oxygen to carbon dioxide. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I do the same, and it, and it's so true. Like it's very much like. I'm interesting. Please read my book. Yeah, it's so craven yeah. of me, you know. But yeah, you're yeah. just
0: sort of waving flags and at the on the bookshelf. Please, please, just hold it for one second. See if it works.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Don't go to the Heather's pick table, please. Just stay over here and <laughs> stay over here where the interesting <laughs> stuff is.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. I also gosh.
0: wanted to ta- ask you about um, something else you do as for money for part of your job which is um you're a ghostwriter you work as a ghostwriter as a freelance uh, ghostwriter and i i picked up on something in the way you talk about ghostwriting in the way you talk about the process which i found particularly interesting given the kinds of novels you write which was you you explain how the process will work to to your clients prospective clients and you say and this is a quote on our first meeting, we will perform an intense but exciting process of memory retrieval. You will be amazed at how that process flows. Clients have come to profound realizations and retrieved life-changing memories through this step. I totally understand that as a ghostwriting process, but there's shades of like Philip K. Dick in there. There's shades of like uh, Total Recall or something from one of your novels where it's like, what am I getting into? And it's you know, I imagine like low music playing a drone, and we have to wear robes, and it's all done by what with the light of one candle, kind of thing. And it's like prepare for the process of memory retrieval, and yes. then you wake up 36 hours later, you know, in another city and you don't know what has happened.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah.
0: Is the process much more mundane or is it that, uh, you know, spiritual and deep and Philip K.
1: Dickish? I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, I, uh, okay. My clients uh, would be and, and, and would be clients and prospective clients. Um, uh, they, they often kind of, um, I mean, I, I so uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to put this in a way that doesn't get anybody in any kind of trouble, um,
0: <laughs> including yourself. <laughs> uh,
1: so um, I, I I was very very lucky to encounter um, the uh, the ghostwriting pool uh, within the um, Canada Writers Union, which I'm a part of. And so um, every now and then, uh, somebody who wants a book written um, will come to uh, the union and say, "Hey, like I do." Do you guys know a ghostwriter, and I suppose since everybody else in the pool probably has some kind of dignity, like I often <laughs> get <laughs> checks, um, and and anyway, and so, and so that's kind of how that started, um, and I'm so grateful for it because it's uh, you know it's it 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 uh, it's um, it's a good amount of money, um, and uh, at the same time, um, people sort of balk; they get sticker shock you know mm-hmm. um because it seems like way too much and you know like i mean i i, I sort of get it in a way like i i kind of have a, a a range for what i imagine you know is probably an acceptable amount of money to pay for like a sandwich you know like right. 17 dollars i'm in toronto 17 dollars <laughs> is kind of like the yeah. the the roof right the ceiling um but i i do not have that particular intuitive range for um, a book, you know, and 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 so and so, it's kind of a little bit of like, I guess you know, um, uh, it seems like a lot of money, but it's also like, oh my gosh, it's so much to 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 inhabit somebody's voice and to and to help them tell their story and and, and you know to write to write a book for them. So, um, so I'm usually pretty much. Pretty much every single time as, as as lovely as my clients have been there is a uh conversation about how the price is too high mm-hmm. and so in order to kind of address that out the gate um i have taken to emphasizing the uh the preliminary kind of process like the oh the, i see yeah you know like like the time when i put my tape recorder down in in between us and we've got a coffee and I say give me the story you know and take as long as you need and it can be it's it's going to be hours and hours and I can come back anytime you know for as as many as many days as, as is necessary and uh don't worry about it and you know I I think it is so it's so powerful it's so it's it's so people love to talk about themselves you know and um, and, and, and I mean, I, <laughs> I think that, um, I, you know, one, one of my friends, a uh, long, a long time ago, and one, one of my best friends, she said, um, he, I, she was like, I would go on dates and, um, I would get the guy to talk about himself a lot. And he would, and he would always want a second date, um, but he wouldn't know why. And it was because he felt so good about how she would just be like, and tell me more. And tell me more. <laughs> oh my God, you were how tall when you started university? That's so tall. Like you know, it, mm-hmm. and people, yeah. So so it's 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 very that um, you know. So and 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 also it's 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 very therapeutic a lot of, a lot of the times. Like there's some real there's some real profundity to a lot of these sessions, um and uh, you know and so and so I think that there is kind of that benefit and and I think in a lot of ways um, this job. Uh, it's it, it it's not like I, I'm a therapist but but I, I I certainly feel like I have had kind of some therapeutic breakthroughs with with clients along the way and it's something that helps to justify the price tag um right. and 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 set me apart from uh chat GPT which um I have been told most recently uh by a, a prospective client who ended up passing that he can just uh go to chat GPT and have have uh, ChatGPT gpt write the novel anyway so yeah so that's oh, so, so it's a bit cynical but wow. but that is, that is part of the um I, I wish it was as glamorous as you know like <laughs> we're gonna wait till the blood moon and like put on your cloak and
0: <laughs> have any of your clients read your books
1: you know that's such a good question um i think I think I've been, lar- I, I think I've been very lucky and and, and largely um, saved because um, like reading books is hard, especially for like very, very busy people who kind <laughs> of want a book <laughs> as yeah. a, as a product in their suite of products, um, they don't have the time, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, um, you know, definitely there have been um, two clients come to mind who have actually read uh, both of my uh, novels um uh, but luckily it was it was it was after <laughs> after we we had the whole you know we we had the whole the process and I was uh, in in the uh, in the editorial stage um and uh, and and they liked it, but they were also kind of um uh, i suppose i suppose taken aback uh because I think that uh professionally and perhaps socially um I present I, I present very differently from um, um, you know the, the the themes and 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 you know the uh, the voices that I explore in my books, but I suppose that's kind of like how a lot of authors are, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm <laughs> I'm like sitting here and I'm like you know. I'm so different from the people that I write about my books, which is like, <laughs> actually wait, that is that, that come to think of it, that sounds like I'm protesting too much. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, so to quote to
0: quote Michael Redhill, she's smarter than she looks. I mean, that's
1: <laughs> I love him, by the way. He's amazing. Yeah, He's so absolutely. great. Absolutely. <laughs> so great. Such an so incredibly talented and so nice and generous with his time. You
0: actually had two books come out last year. Um, You had the novel Autonomy, but you also had this nonfiction book called Into the Mist. And I will say that I would see, you know, news about Into the Mist come up and I would be like, wait, is that the same Victoria Hetherington that Um, that wrote Autonomy? I couldn't see what the connection was. And then when I explored it, and of course, the fact that you are a very prolific freelance writer, that you do this ghostwriting, that makes perfect sense. Did that project well tell me what that book is or talk a little yeah. bit about it? But oh, also yeah. did it be did it start life as a ghostwriting project that became more yours, or was it much more about we're hiring you to write this story? The former okay
1: 100%. and the family that i worked with um is phenomenal they're amazing people um and they uh at a certain point um they said you know basically um we really like you and this is really really well in in their in their um estimation like this is this is good and uh I think nobody's gonna believe it that we wrote it. I mean, I, and they were kind of kidding a little bit. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let you and let you uh, have your name on it. And it was so so generous. Um, quick 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 uh, uh, summary. Um, in uh, 1959, um, uh, a World War II veteran, um, an amazing amazing man um, named Raymond Raymond Grant. Um, he. He had actually, uh, he was a bombardier and and uh, there were two uh, terrifying, horrible, you know, nightmare um, uh, uh, German uh, warships called uh, the Bismarck and the Tirpitz. And he was part of um, a squadron that ended up um, crippling the, the Tirpitz. And um, he comes back to uh, rural Saskatchewan where he's from. And he says, you know what? I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna do the best I can to to help people. And at the time, um, is and, and of course he's a very talented pilot. And at the time, uh, since it, it's it was so sparsely populated, but also so geographically large, um, he uh, they called themselves like bus drivers essentially um, because uh, you know if, if somebody has to go to school, if somebody has to go to work, if a farmer needs you know a whole bunch of uh, tools or whatever, um, it'll be uh the 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 bush pilots essentially the Mm -hmm. people like ray tragically um in 1959 um his plane crashed his uh his his single engine um single engine plane crashed with 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 another passenger um and uh there was an enormous search um conducted and uh they, they they couldn't and find the plane. Nobody could. Nobody could find the plane. And um, Ray's wife at the time was was pregnant and uh, gave birth to an amazing woman um, who ended up being who ended up saying, you know what, like I I want to tell this story. You know she, and and so she and her husband um, about twenty years ago embarked on this this journey to find Ray and his plane. And it, hmm. this is like needle in a haystack odds, if you think about the enormity of of rural Saskatchewan and all the lakes and everything. And so it's an incredible story.
0: And obviously that book is very different from the other book you had last year <laughs> oh from gosh. the novel Autonomy, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which covers a lot of territory thematically and narratively. I mean, it's about artificial intelligence. It's about American hegemony and the imposition of a sort of American version of like cultural theocracy in a way Mm. it's there's elements of like Russian aggression as part of the you know plot the world building there's a global pandemic so obviously it's totally irrelevant I mean it's complete high fantasy has no connection to our current state
1: (laughs) yes yes how much
0: how much of that did you feel like while you were writing it how many of those themes because you are in that strangely enviable position of having written this work of somewhat speculative, like literary speculative fiction, but some of the things you're speculating on, we're reading about them now, like, no, that could be next week. Like, we're we're approaching that really? faster than 2035. That could be 2025. Yeah. Uh, while you were writing it, how much were you feeling like, mm, is this a little bit too out there? Or is it like, no, I got to get this down now, because this might be outdated by the time the book comes out.
1: Again, amazing question. Um, I started writing it uh, in um, early 2017. Um, and uh, at the time, and and, and there's, uh, I'm not really giving anything away, um, it's uh, in the beginning of the book, um, th- uh, a woman um, is uh, is seeking um, an abortion, um, and uh, and it's illegal. Um uh in uh, in canada and america and so she's 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 got this problem that she needs to solve quote unquote i mean you know in, in, in-
0: again not a problem we ever have to worry about that one has been solved that's a historical <laughs> issue you know
1: right right because and yeah and at the time i was forming this this future that i was really afraid could happen you know mm-hmm. I was I was immersed in this world. I mean 2017 it's it feels like you know eight million years ago and so um it, yeah the, the abortion thing is is I I never thought like uh like w- when the Hobbes decision was handed down like I was just absolutely I mean unbe- I'm still gut. yeah of course you know everybody's devastated um but uh I I had been sort of feeling that something like this was going to happen that the world was going to shift since about 2016 or 2017, and so um, I had created the the whole. I, I, I sort of built that whole world um, by about 2018, um, and uh, I read a fantastic book called a nonfiction book called Spillover. That's it's 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 about pandemics, and it essentially suggests that um, since we are encroaching on um, so many natural habitats, uh, there it's very likely that throughout the 21st century um, there will be uh, numerous. Uh, uh, pandemics because of the, um, yeah, the, the trophic jump. Right. And so I thought, okay, a pandemic, that is a, that's a great, um, literary device that's going to, you know, right. <laughs> <and, and, laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, cause I, I, I wasn't really interested in the zombies and, you know, but it was that kind of like, you know, it, it was bonkers. And, and, and so, um, when I sold the book, um, we had, uh, you know, it was still very much within the realm of like, uh, um, oh, this is a. I sure hope that nothing in this book comes true. Oh <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and then you know, March twenty twenty hits, and the book itself is put off because the world went on pause. And I remember um, speaking with, the, with one of the editors, and I and and, and I was like, hey, you know, um, gosh, do you think that, do you think that people will want to read this book, like? You know, and, and they're like, oh, no, it's like the Vietnam War. It's evergreen, you know, but I, I think they were just kind of trying to make me feel better because, it, you know, the autonomy came out in 2022 when when nobody wanted to think about this, you know, nobody wanted to. every I, People wanted to read about dancing in nightclubs and, you know, <laughs> medieval nuns and, you know, just and, and, and I completely I completely understood. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to. Um, I'm just going to have this novel come out and people are pro- it'll probably get swept swept under the rug because it's just not the cultural moment for it and um that's a shame but i'll just write another one i guess <laughs> <laughs> like that was like 100 like what i was thinking. <laughs> weird eh yeah and i always say like you know the next time i uh i i i, I write a book like, like this next one is it's going to be about a a woman named Victoria, who like wins the lottery and then discovers like a youth serum that keeps her like young forever. And, you know, that's that's my next work. Look out for that. Yeah, okay, no got it.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's interesting too, because um, I was giving a talk at, uh, at, at, at TMU. Um, uh, my book was on a syllabus uh, for a second year English class. And a student um, asked me, fantastic question he basically said he, he pretty much you know very very similar to what you said he was like you know um do you he was like uh wh- what are you gonna write next because aren't you exa- like why do you want to like why are you writing about this like this is don't you kind of want to break from this and all this stuff and i was like well dylan no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> no 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 and i was like yeah man i totally hear you like when i was when i was working on this book it was uh it was uh d- some, it, it was it was a it was in it was it was, it was within the realm of of, of plausible fantasy, and uh, and now it is not.
0: You had the challenge of releasing a a novel that involves a global pandemic, mm-hmm. right at the tail end, maybe, uh, or a, maybe in two years we'll say like during a pause in a global mm-hmm. pandemic. But you also, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have somewhat of the challenge in terms of literary category. Have you found it difficult talking to people, pushing autonomy, promoting it, doing author appearances, talking to media people to kind of communicate that, that this is not, this is kind of its own little thing that that you're working within this, you know, literary scene that not a lot of people are working with, at least not in Canada. It's, I feel like it's very big in the States and in the UK, but it's, it's a little more uh, select here. Mm-hmm. have you felt a little out of place at times
1: oh absolutely you know i i think there was sort of a problem of um not, 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 not a marketing problem because i i uh, i love i love dunder and i think they did a phenomenal job um but I, you know for example i saw in the goodreads which i totally don't look at guys Don't. Uh, what are
0: you doing <laughs> don't do it
1: do not do it you know, you know how it is. Oh, like we God, all know no. how it is. We all don't. Pre- we all pretend we don't read it, and that's kind of how, yeah, we, how we. do. I know. But, but yeah. so there'll be there'll be there'll be um you know uh, uh uh people saying um oh you know not a lot happened or not enough happened or you know they they're kind of seeking a little bit more yeah more more of a kind of a straightforward um more commercial. Kind of like, and then this boom, and then this boom. Like they just, you know, to get kind of hooked on that pacing, on that formula, um, and uh, and and you know, I'll be like, "One star," and I'm like, "Okay." Um, and then, and then, and then, there are the people for whom um, uh, my 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 sci-fi is too soft, right? There's 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 there's, uh, there's die-hard, you know, um, like, and I actually really quite like the author of the Martian, but the, the Martian fans, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, um, uh, Andy, Weir, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, they, they really, they're there for the science, you know, uh, it, it, whereas for me, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a little bit more in the realm of the poetic and, 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 um, the, uh, the sandbox that I created to play in, um, it certainly has the trappings of science fiction and, and I'm dealing with, uh, you know, um, uh themes that are very very much in that in that realm um but there's also yeah there's there's also a, a kind of an emotional um int- int- intimacy in it that i wanted to sort of explore that's uh that has more to do with the realm of i suppose literary fiction you know like the, at, at, at at base it's all about um two people an artificial consciousness um and a woman um who are they they love each other but um there's there's so much in the way namely um that uh that he the artificial consciousness julian um doesn't have a body and so through him i'm exploring these ideas like um uh can you can you love if you are not embodied like what like like what does it mean to be embodied and and you know all of these kinds of questions like if i if i don't feel if if you don't know how what the the feel of pain or, or, or rain on your skin um uh, the fear of death uh, is like then um can you really know me and and love me like the like stuff like that right like stuff yeah, that's really yeah. you know um yeah like i suppose more um uh more literary and, and yeah and so you're absolutely right there, there was definitely kind of um not not uh not confusion but certainly um a little bit of yeah, like, readers were a little bit uh, uh I don't know what to say. So a lot of people really liked it. But yeah, there was definitely of people who were like, what is this? Like is this, you know, is this uh it's pretty it's pretty light on the side and pretty heavy on the fire. Like I don't know, you know the
0: heavy on the fire. Wow.
1: Thank That's- you. <laughs> That's
0: well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> i I this is not even it's not nearly as good, but I always think that Goodreads should just be renamed Quick reads. It's oh. it, it, like and and I almost don't I almost feel like that would just be clearer. it would it's not it's not a site about, you know, engaging with other reader readers with it's it's engaging with with readers who read a lot, who want like yes. the the read. The same way that you know, some people say, "I have my stories. I need my stories. You've got to yeah. give me my stories." Yeah. And if you don't give them the stories, they're like, "What is this? Why is why, why is this taking so long to to happen? Why is why are none of the plot things clicking into place the way they're supposed to?" Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I also
0: feel that, and and I don't say this as as dismissive or as an insult, but I feel like your books also miss. Are missing a component that publishers and the, the quickreads.com people love,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is that element of YA crossover, which oh, is like, yes, that you could give this to a 16 year old or a 15 year old or a 14 year old in high school, and they would just love the story and they would get into the plucky young heroine who figures out or fights her way through this scenario. Your books are very adult uh all of the themes are serious all of the 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 things you're exploring are adult Mm -hmm. and there's no easy resolutions Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is 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 admirable and it's great and it makes for great books but it also means that you can't hand that to a 15 year old because they'd be like they'd be like the quick reads right like what is this (laughs) i don't want to read about these people trying to work through these deep psychological conundrums i want i want yeah, some yeah. chase scenes
1: yeah yeah that's totally fair and i totally get it you know i t- i totally get it um I, I i really do and um and that's okay you know and 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 what a the, the book that i'm working on now i think has a little bit more commercial appeal um but uh but yeah i i you know i i think that's very very true it it, it is very adult. um you know and 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 I mean, I, I guess in a way, um, autonomy is a little bit of a fairy tale. You know, it's it's about it's about a it's about a boy who wants to be real, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's very you know, it's very Pinocchio and, and and you know, and that and that was quite on purpose. But yeah, it's it's it is very, very adult, you know, and and um and I suppose a little bleak, even though I'm very, very <laughs> invested in including lots of levity and like, you know, lots of fun. And I, I do think that there, there's a lot of fun in the book. But um yeah, it's 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 quite adult. Um And, um, you know, and and it's interesting, too, you know, we were talking about quick reads, and I I love that. I love that. Um, One thing that I noticed that is uh, maybe a bit cynical, but quite heartening in in its own way, um, was that autonomy was picked up by some um, Instagram book clubs. Mm. And, (laughs) and so and then it was phenomenal and I, and you know very very young women and i was i was so excited about it and they would, and and you know that uh we're all on page 67 they, they would post on their stories um uh, you know uh prompts for their for their club uh what do you think of julian doing this and, you know and i'd be like, and I was like oh my gosh i love this uh, you know um but yeah but but at the same time i became uh, i suppose very aware of um the book as 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 aesthetic commodity you know because mm-hmm. there, there was this kind of like um And again, this is just as, this is a a no value observation. Um, There would be kind of, you know, the book would be, it's it's purple cover, so there'd be like a purple, you know, the book club members would post a photo of the book with like some lilacs and like you know um a cup of coffee and like this is my afternoon and and i think it's yeah. there's also a little bit of um a little bit of class in there uh, in there too it's a bit of it's you know stealth wealth a little bit because like you're also signifying that you have the time to like sit around with a coffee and read a book and and i and and i think that that's um i think i think the book at, at a a book or or rather books as um, you know, um, signifiers, you know, like, I mean, look at, look at this bookshelf that I have here. It's, <laughs> it's very, you know, it, I, I think that, uh, people use books to sort of, um, signify, uh, you know, or, or to transmit, uh, certain, um, you know, uh, cer certain things in shorthand about themselves. And so as a result, uh, one of my takeaways was like, maybe print books will stick along a little bit longer if only for the fact that they <laughs> look great <laughs> in someone's living room um or and and on instagram and all that stuff so just,
0: I'm, yeah i'm sure it has happened a hundred thousand times but i i cringe at the idea of like the instagram shot of like a beautiful, handsome edition of like Kafka's Metamorphosis or something yeah. with some like yes. daisies or like a nice tea or, you know, <laughs> next to a bathtub with some candles and like, am reading, hashtag am reading.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Intellectual, hashtag blast. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. It's, it's, yeah. 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 That's so funny. <laughs> the metamorphosis. <laughs> that, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having some me time, lighting some candles, <laughs> gonna <laughs> yeah, have gonna a bubble bath and read the use an, axe,
0: <laughs> use an axe to break the frozen sea inside. <laughs> that's just <laughs> what I do. That's my perfect Sunday.
1: <laughs> Hashtag beauty tips. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then you do the uh, the question of the day, where it's just like, "Would you ever go to Prague? Have you ever gone to the Czech Republic? It's so beautiful."
1: <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> At least well, they're reading, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we kind of land up. That's 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 the sound of a uh, that's the voice of a beaten down literary author going at least oh. the books are out there <laughs> at least they're being read
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take what I can
0: What Happened Next is produced and edited by me the music playing under my voice is by the great Alex Lukashevsky, who is letting me use it for free you can find more of Alex's music at alukaszewski.bandcamp.com thank you for listening Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. There will be a new episode every Monday. Please buy more books, and not just new ones.